from 3D printing as a hobby and passion to a business that helps save plastic waste and the environment in today's episode of the Makers and Nerds podcast. So let's get to it. Welcome to another episode of the Makers and Nerds podcast, where I chat with makers and nerds all about their passions and hobbies and how they are making money with it. I'm your host, Marcelo Lewin, a maker and a nerd. In today's episode, I speak with Ali Sureya Torun, a VFX artist, about his favorite hobby, 3D printing, and how he turned that passion into a business to help save plastic waste with his product, Polystruder. But before I bring him on, I just want to remind you to visit makersandnerds.com to join our community of makers and nerds helping each other make money with their hobbies and passion. All right, let's get Ali in. Ali, welcome to the podcast. Glad to have you here. Thank you. Thank you, Marcelo. Uh, well, hey, let's start out with, uh, are you a maker or are you a nerd? Uh, actually, kind of both, but maybe uh, my maker side is a little bit much more higher than the nerd side. So it's okay. depending on my mood, but I can consider myself both. Well, uh, what do you nerd out on? What's what's the, the nerdy thing you love? Uh, it's mostly the mechanical stuff with um, a software on it. So I always wanted to, you know, um, uh, become an engineer of some sort of, but uh, I... I failed on math <laughs> on high school, so I decided to uh, look into the artsy stuff. But I always wanted to, to you know, um, create something with you know moving intricate parts or you know yeah. some you know uh, with uh, some software on it. But now um, speaking of uh, the artsy stuff, uh, you mentioned in your bio that you're a VFX artist. Yes. So, so, I mean, wow. <laughs> Tell us about that. How did you get into VFX? And then we'll talk about why you jumped into 3D printing and all that. But tell us about your VFX uh, experience. Uh, it's all started when I, when I was really, really young, uh, you know, like watching the Hollywood movies. So I was also wanted to have they create this, you know, VFX stuff, effects, and et cetera. So uh, this is also... Uh, got me intrigued so I started playing up with the uh, the software tools to you know figure out how they do a specific part of effect or try to you know simulate uh, on this one so mm -hmm. this is how I got involved with the VFX artists uh, and did you work on a corporate side or did you work on the Hollywood side did you work on movies or TV shows uh, mostly TV shows so um, I work on a, a large um, Documentary uh, broadcasting uh, TV station uh, based on United States. So I'm working on one of their shows. Uh, it's usually aired for uh, each year in seasons. Yeah. So I'm doing uh, some VFX stuff for them. That's cool. So you're still doing that? Yeah. Yeah. So this is truly uh, a, a maker mentality where you're doing the polystruder, which we're going to get into soon. But you're, that's a sort of a side thing right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Finally, uh, from the VF VFX size, what what tools uh, are you using or have you used? Uh, mostly uh, it's uh, After Effects and uh, Photoshop, uh, usually. But it's mm -hmm. 
costs for the after effects thing. So, uh, and some plugins with it. So it's, it's uh, both of them. <laughs> All of them, yeah, very cool, very cool. All right, well, um, so let's make that jump from the VFX and I'm assuming you took on 3D printing as a hobby? Yeah, at, it started as a hobby actually. Uh, I was trying to fix some small stuff, small, uh, you know, broken stuff at my home at first. So I decided to uh, buy a 3D printer because buying uh, a spare parts for, you know, some simple things like fixing stuff, uh, right. it's a bit like uh, a little bit expensive and the 3D printers are becoming, becoming really, really, you know, affordable. So I always wanted to buy one and, this, and eventually I get one. But then um, my maker side, <laughs> thanks to my maker side, uh, I started to, maybe I can do more with 3D printing and, you know, just trying to figure out uh, testing the ideas, what can I do, you know? So this is uh, how, how I started with the 3D printing. It's funny you say that because I recently just got a GoPro a camera and mm -hmm. it doesn't come with a, a lens cap, which surprised me. And I'm like, okay, I'll go to Amazon. My immediate first reaction is let's go to Amazon and buy one, right? And it was like six bucks for like four caps. So it was very cheap. And then I thought myself, you know what? I have a 3D printer. Why am I gonna go, you know? I mean, it's going to be faster for me to design it and print it, right? The little plus I customize it with my logo. And, it, and it's such a much better feeling anyway, right? Than buying. And uh, so I'm assuming that's why you, you, you got into that, that feeling that you get as a maker. Exactly, exactly. I, I, I'm also a VFX artist, so I can also do 3D modeling as right. well. So, uh, uh, so for you, the jump wasn't that big of a deal. Yeah, yeah. But it also teaches me how to... Um, uh, do 3D modeling uh, specifically for uh, 3D printing because it's a little bit different than the 3D modeling uh, that we are doing for you know, VFX. For, uh, right. VFX for. So it's actually two different things. So it also teaches me how to do a little bit, you know, mechanical side of how to do a proper model, uh, to uh, proper 3D model uh, suitable right. for printing. Because with 3D printing is all about optimizing that print, then the amount of filament you use, how mm -hmm. it's positioned on the print, right? So you don't have to build support, all of those things you got to take into account. When yeah. when you're doing VFX 3D, you don't think about those things. Exactly. Yeah, totally. It makes sense. Okay, so um, you're working full-time as a VFX editor. You started 3D printing for fun. When did you realize that okay, 3D printing requires a lot of filament, which is a lot of plastic, um, and I keep buying this plastic. When did you realize maybe I should make a product that helps me recycle wasted plastic into filament? Well, it all started with COVID, actually. <laughs> so um, I started to work from home, and it actually gave me tremendous amount of free time. Uh, so I don't need to, you know, commute back to to work and so uh, I become involved more with 3D printing while I was at home, you know, like started printing with the, the face shields for the people, uh, for the, the community that uh, we have here. But I also wanted to um, make some, maybe maybe I can make some, a little bit, you know, side money with it. So not just, you know, um, to support my other projects. Right. I decided to um, 
manufacture my own filament at home and maybe I will sell it to the people. So, um, and I was, you know, started looking for the, the options that how can I do it at my uh, home office? Because normally you need very you know, large industrial machines to manufacture a filament. So there were a couple of brands that they were selling a small compact size filament uh, extruders, uh, but they were still a little bit expensive uh, for what they are doing actually. Uh, so maybe uh, I decided maybe I can do a, a machine for me, for my business that I can you know, manufacture a filament. And by that way also I will also learn uh, how the machine works. If there is something broken with it, maybe I can also fix really quickly. So uh, I decided to, you know, uh, started to design a machine for myself. Mm -hmm. so there were a couple of uh, 3D printer uh, groups, that, uh, community groups on Facebook that I was uh, a member. So I posted a, a very simple design of my first prototype. It was just a screenshot on the computer, so. Mm -hmm. But I got uh, a lot of uh, interest on it, and people started to ask me, "Oh, you gonna plan to, you know, sell this machine or uh, plan to, you know, release it the, the plans?" I when I was like, "Okay, uh, I think I got something here." So it turns out uh, there are a lot of people that actually want to, you know, manufacture their own filament at home to uh, you know, also recycle the, the plastic, you know, the, the waste plastic that 3D printers generates, or maybe some you know, household objects like uh, milk bottles or water bottles or et cetera, any kind of plastic. So right. uh, this is how, how I'll start with uh, the post to the project. Well, and I think um, that's how it goes for a lot of people. And I think it's a, it's a great uh, story here that you told, which is, you really started with your hobby and you had a need that needed to be fulfilled. You weren't too, too much worried about, I need to create a product to make money. You just needed something to help you. And exactly. then you realize, hey, there's a whole bunch of other people out there that need this. It may not be a huge audience, right? And that's something I think people need to understand when they're doing their hobby, that when they go and try to start a business, it may not be a huge audience, like you know, millions and millions. But if you find your small audience niche, right, mm -hmm. you could actually can make a living with that kind of thing. So exactly. I, I, I love your story. I think it's great. So uh, so then Polystruder was born, obviously, which is the machine behind you, which does what you just described, right? It takes plastics and basically at the end of the day creates filaments that you can use. Exactly. Uh, and people can go to polystruder.com. It's on the your uh, underneath your name. I just put it back on so people can go check it out. So you 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 did the need. My next question is really, how did you validate your idea? And what I mean by that is, how did you validate it with your test audience? But really, you didn't care about a test audience, right? You just did it for you. You validated it for yourself. Well, exactly, because I started to do this machine for myself because the other solutions were super expensive. Right. So, uh, and also then after the initial reactions that I get from my simple driving, I started to look into it too you know, the YouTube videos, other 3D printing groups, if, you know, someone, you know, looking this kind of machine, you know, to, you know, mm -hmm. make a filament at home. And uh, I realized that most of the people uh, complained about how 
expensive are those machines. Mm-hmm. So we really wanted to buy one, but they are really expensive. So not suitable for a small business or you know the hobbyist use. Almost most of the machines are goes as much as like fifteen thousand dollars. So it's it's absurd. So uh, for the home home user to buy one. Mm-hmm. I started to look into if it, this can be manufactured for cheaply and uh, to you know to get the attention of the people so maybe right. they wanted to buy. Mm-hmm. So I started to you know uh, start to um, make a list to how much uh, how much the people willing to pay for this kind of machine. So I started to uh, research on that. So I figured uh, the, a number, and then people said, oh, OK, I will buy this machine for this price. And I got a lot of uh, people. So now I got my validation on, uh, OK, this is a good idea. Now I should you know, realize it and you know, make the machine. Right, right. So uh, we spoke about that the, really the target audience was you. Uh, which is somebody that is a hobbyist, needs a machine, but doesn't want to go broke over buying this machine, right? So you created that. So you started with that basis. And then you said you watch YouTube uh, videos and join meetups and all these community things, right? And mm-hmm. then put up. So how did you, uh, you said you were asking for how much would you pay? Did you use surveys? How did you go about that? Or did you just post questions? What was your process? Uh, these are all started in one of the 3D printer groups uh, that I was um, a member. So I uh, I was really good with the, uh, the administration of this group. So they allowed me to post, uh, you know, stuff about my project. And then uh, I told them, okay, I'm going to open my own Facebook group for specifically for Polystyrder. So if anyone wants to come there, let's start discussing over there because um it's much more easier for me to ask questions or those surveys so uh, this all all started so i opened the facebook group and in time it you know developed on itself so uh, one day i you know randomly ask uh, open a question or a pool and ask uh, give them the people to vote with mm-hmm. multiple answers so this is how i got validated my um idea you know much more efficiently so then I got an idea. Okay, people want this kind of machine for this price, for these specifications. Um, so this is how my validation process worked. Well, I think what's important here is, well, first of all, you by doing that, you also build a community, right? Because now you have people in the Facebook group. Um, and maybe I'm mistaken, but I think you also have a Discord. Do you have a Discord? Or? I have a Discord, but uh, it's not active, and I didn't open it to Got the it. public yet because I'm still um, uh, testing my first prototype machines with actually real customers. So, uh, so I sold a couple of machines and shipped them just a few weeks ago, but I'm still waiting for their uh, feedback. Feedback. Congratulations, so, first of all, on that. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, so um, I'm still waiting for the, the real life uh, feedback from the right. customers. And if I need to make some improvements of the machine itself, I'm gonna you know, do them at first 
and then I will resume the sales uh, because without any um, real sales on uh, to the customers, it, it's also hard to get you know any um, feedback from them. Real world feedback, right? So it's it's basically like this. so. Um, uh, for this reason, uh, I only have uh, presence on Facebook because most of the actually 3D printing communities involved around Facebook rather than the Discord or YouTube. Got it. Because it's a really, really good platform suitable for 3D you know, right. printing community in general. Yeah. Well, there's a couple of things that you said here that I need to unpack and emphasize. Uh, number one is go to where your community is. Don't force them to come to somewhere they don't want to go, right? So you went to Facebook, you're not forcing them to go to Discord because that's mostly probably gamers and things like that, right? Yes. Um, yeah, so so that's number one. The other one that I want to emphasize, which is really important, is that it's never perfect. And um, I'm sure you're aware as an engineer, uh, MVP, right? Uh, that you can create a, a prototype, put it out there, sell it, iterate, make it better. And mm -hmm. I think that that is an important thing you said, because that's what you did, right? You didn't wait for it to be perfect because it'll never be perfect, right? I mean, that's reality. Well, it's always room for improvement. Always. There are a lot of things that I want to do with the machine, like a lot of crazy ideas that I want to do, but these ideas also must be within the also people's budgets. So I'm taking, you know, step-by-step -step approach to um, apply each um, specifications that uh, on the machine itself that I wanted really the machine to do. Right. So this takes uh, all uh, this takes time. Uh, so it's really important to you know bring your first product as as fast as possible right. and sell them to the people, gain the uh, get their feedback on them to improve the product again. And also, um, then and then resume the sales. So right. it's actually um, um, it depends on from product to product because not every product is the same. So um, on on this machine, th this is still not a very cheap machine. So it's a little bit expensive, and I don't want to sell something that doesn't work, you know, properly or do the the basic thing that it doesn't do. So mm -hmm. this reason that I also sell the machine to very small group of people at first stop the sales uh, get their feet and get the feedback from them and then make improvements also uh, you need to also keep those your first customers really really happy because if they don't happy your uh, your you you also become not happy and your product may be fail on a large scale so there are Tons of things that you know, uh, to consider when bringing the first uh, product to the market. To the, uh, and they become your advocates, right? If they're really passionate, they help you sell it later too, just by talking about it. Definitely, definitely. There's uh, a few uh, people on my Facebook group. Actually, they they are like my hardcore followers. A few of them also sending me message from time to time. Hey, how is it going? Mm -hmm. If you need any help with you know the the hardware itself or some of them even offered me to their um, workshop to you know use their CNC machines to machine out awesome. the, 
know, well, for now, but uh, I didn't, you know, um, go follow that path because I didn't know at first. So, you know, if this machine is going to work, but now it works finally. <laughs> but that's a maker mentality in the maker industry, right? Very welcoming, very inclusive, very helpful. That's the whole thing about makers. Um, so I wanted to ask you, um, because you listen to customers and their feedback and they ask for changes in a, in a hobby, you get to do whatever you want. You don't need to ask anybody. You don't need to please anybody, but now you're in a business, right? And now customers are saying, Hey, we want this. Now, what if what they want really goes against what you like or what you thought was the right thing? How do you balance, um, when you're in a business, the, the fun of you doing whatever you want for yourself versus the reality of, well, it's a business. We got to make some money. Now I got to do something that is, that they want that maybe I don't agree with. How do you balance that? Well, uh, I think it's really important to listen your customers well, because if they are really unhappy, no matter, uh, how much you like your you know, machine or product, it's also really important to make your customers happy. So to balance that, uh, you need to first listen to customers. Uh, what are your customers saying if they are not unhappy with something going on? It could be very simple thing like a, a delayed delivery or missing package or broken part or whatever it is. So. Um, to balance that, uh, um, you know, delicate um, thing, uh, I always try to focus on the problem, uh, the, the, the problem that the customer is having. Uh, if it is something because um, that I can control, I will try to figure out on my end. So um, regardless of if, um, um, it's, um, how can I say it? Um, as a hobby or not, because uh, at the end of the day, you are selling your product to the customer right. to gain their, to gain their trust, uh, to keep them in your circle. So, uh, for this kind of situations, you need to put your hobby a little bit aside and put your weight on the, the customer, the, the business side of the, the project that you are working on. Right. So it's much more important to listen what customer is saying rather than what you are trying to achieve uh, with your Personally. press uh, or hobby, you know. Sometimes we need to put it aside to, you know. So let's, let's talk a little bit about that, right? Because uh, if this next question goes hand in hand with that is, what do you miss now? So, so you're a VFX full time. You, as a hobby for fun, you did 3D printing, but now you have Polystruder, which is another business. Mm -hmm. What do you miss from the hobby days where you, you know, it was just a hobby, no, no pressure of business. What is it that you miss or do you miss anything? Yeah, well, actually, mm, freedom of creativity because mm -hmm. when you are, you know, building a product, you actually starting to you know restrict yourself a little bit so uh, but it could be, be uh, caused by anything maybe the the restrictions of your um limitations of your product 
or uh, what your customers um, uh, want. So, um, how can I explain it? No, you explained it really well. I mean, I think the restrictions of creativity, right? Because when you're doing a hobby, you do whatever you want. You can be as creative yes. and crazy as you want, right? It doesn't matter whether yes. it sells or not. But now you're in a business. So I, I like what you said about restraint because now you have to think, okay, how is this going to affect the business? So my next question was going to be, you know, what should, what's the one thing that makers and nerds need to know before going from a hobby to a business? And... Uh, well, there are tons of things. So they need to be first uh, get organized and calm, calm uh, their calm, calm down when something gets really wrong. Like it could be anything like delayed package or something that you couldn't be able to figure it out. So um, the most I, I I think the most important part is being very patient. Because I started to police to do like, it's gonna be almost 18 months now. Um, most of the people think that, okay, I need to, you know, create some product in three months and started to sell or, you know, um, gain, uh, start to gain money as, as fast as possible. Well, um, it's maybe not the case for the, for every kind of, you know, product that the, the makers trying to you know, make. So patience is the key at mm -hmm. this point. Uh, so this is the most important thing that I can say to the other makers uh, to, you know, go very slow, take your time. If there's something that you can't solve, take a step back, relax a little bit. Yeah. And go back working on it. Now I'm going to, I'm going to touch up on, cause that was my last question, but I'm going to touch up on what you just said, go back, work at it. To me, that means persistence, right? Yes. Yeah. So how important is persistence? This is really important because when I started first, there were a lot of people actually laughing at me. <laughs> it was like, Oh, this is impossible. How are you going to do that? It looks right. so you know, uh, weird. Some, you know, a few screws uh, holding together a few aluminum and plastic parts. This is laughable. But now I'm, I, I sold my first machines. And this is- And now you're laughing. <laughs> yes, I'm laughing. So this is all about the persistence, you know, like yeah. keep, keep working on it. So because at the end of the day, uh, if you keep working on it, your chances of getting successful is getting, you know, higher, 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 you know, even if it's a one percent of change that you do for every day, uh, after one hundred day, you will accomplish the one hundred percent of the you know stuff that maybe you want to do. So uh, the process is really important for the makers. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you're going to run into so many naysayers and people that go, "Oh, it can't be done." That's because they can't do it. You can. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Definitely. I'm so glad you continue doing it. I'm very happy for you. Thank you. Thank you. Ali, it's been a, pre a, a pleasure. <laughs> I can't, couldn't get that word out. It's been a true uh, pleasure having you on the Makers and Nerds podcast here. Um, if people want to get a hold of you, would it be the what I'm showing right now, uh, polystruder.com, or do you want to give your email address or Twitter, whatever else you'd like to give, go for it. 
Uh, Polystudio.com is um, much more better because it also has all my social media links under it. So, but if the people want to reach for me specifically to ask questions, yeah. they can join uh, my Facebook group, which they can also find under the Polystudio.com. Uh-huh. And send me a, a direct message or post a question over the group, and I will, you know, answer them as fast as I can. Excellent. Ali, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It was really fun speaking with you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Marcelo. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Makers and Nerds podcast. If you did, please subscribe and hit the like button. If you didn't, please leave a comment below and tell me why. Also remember to visit makersandnerds.com to join our community of makers and nerds helping each other make money with our hobbies and passion. Finally, if you want to get a hold of me, feel free to email me marcelo at makersandnerds.com. Remember, I believe in you and I know you can do it. Take your hobby and go make money with it and enjoy your life all the time, not just on the weekends. So until the next episode, see ya. (music) 